Please join your hearts and eyes and ears for the scripture reading. Our scripture readings today highlight the blessings we have from the Holy Spirit. Our first scripture reading is from John chapter 16, verses 7 through 15, in which Jesus promises and describes the work of the Holy Spirit. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment, about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you to all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. If you could ask God for one thing, what would it be? Now I have to say that that genie rule applies here. You know, you can't ask for the opportunity to make more requests later. So if you had one opportunity to ask God for something, what would it be? Now perhaps you're thinking, well, then I better make it something really good. Something I really need, maybe it'll have to do with finances, Hell, uh, maybe you'll think on a bigger scale. Maybe you'll think of something like world peace. Or maybe you think, let me live real long. Or if there was a loved one who was maybe facing death, maybe you would pray that that person would continue to live. Or maybe you'd say, bring the loved one back from the dead. Whatever, I'm sure that if you had that one opportunity, you would want to ask God for something that was the absolute best. Well, here's the good news. He's already given you the absolute best. He has given you the Holy Spirit, who through the word of truth has given you faith in Jesus so that you have eternal life. <coughs> In our scripture reading, we just heard Jesus describe the work, or we could say the blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To convict, convict, to convince, and to comfort. The Holy Spirit is to convict us of our sin. Now, we don't like to be told if we've done something wrong. We don't like to be caught doing something wrong. And we don't like to be told not to do something because it's wrong. But that is what the Holy Spirit does. Because it's absolutely necessary that we know where we are in life 
and especially in our relationship with God. Do you have a good doctor and a good dentist? <coughs> what makes them good in your mind? I'm sure after you see them and they give you kind of a clean bill of health, you think, boy, I've got a good doctor. But don't you also want them to tell you if there is something wrong? If they simply told you that, hey, everything was fine and they missed something that was very important, well, that would be very disastrous. You want someone who will tell you the truth. And that's what the Spirit does. Through His Word, He convicts us of our sin so that we know we need help. We know that we can't fix it on our own. We need God to do something. Now the Holy Spirit does more than just tell us though that we've done something wrong. He also convinces us that we have a Savior. Perhaps you've seen that commercial where a guy is sitting in the dental chair and the dentist is looking at him and says, oh, you've got a bad cavity. You should really get that fixed. And the guy says, well, aren't you going to fix it? And he says, well, I'm not a dentist. I'm just a dental monitor. I tell you, if you have a cavity, you've got a cavity, a bad cavity. And then he goes out to lunch. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't just convict us of our sin and tell us you've got a problem. He also gives us the solution to that problem. He convinces us we have a Savior. And I say convinced because we need to be told that there is a perfect solution. Not the one that we can perform on our own. Not just trying harder. No, we're convinced that we have a Savior who has come, who took our place in life with his perfect life of obedience. Who took our place under God's punishment for our sin when he died on the cross and who took our place in the grave, but defeated that grave and came back to life. In all these ways, the Holy Spirit is convincing us we have a perfect Savior. I wonder if it would be great if we heard on the news later today that ISIS has been defeated. Instead of hearing like we are hearing last night this morning of another terror attack in London, wouldn't it be great to hear the terrorists have all been wiped out? I think we, we know enough that we'd say, well, even if we did hear that news, there probably would still be some pockets of terrorism somewhere. There still would be some kind of evil in this world. Well, the good news is Christ has cleansed us of our sin. Christ has defeated death and the devil. And we're told that the whole head that through him, we are saved forever. So even though we sin, and even though there is evil yet in this world as the result of sin, we also have the assurance from the Holy Spirit of our salvation, that nothing will get in the way of God bringing us to eternal life. That is the good news. So, while you may want to ask God for something really tremendous in your life, recognize that He has already given you the very best. 
through the Holy Spirit, His working in the word of truth, you have faith in your Savior. And thus you have the very best eternal life. Let's join in singing about that work of the Holy Spirit with our next hymn, number 183, Holy Spirit, Light Be Thine. Jesus is Lord, 
except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, it is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of that one Spirit, by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking different kinds of tongues. And to still another, an interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Do you have trouble getting gifts for people? I've offered you a lot of advice in my own example, but you probably have discovered that I too have trouble picking the right kinds of gifts. But the Holy Spirit does it. The Holy Spirit is the perfect giver of gifts. But not everybody has the same gifts. And we might wonder, well, why does this person have that gift? And why don't I have this particular gift? It's not because he's made any error. He is the perfect giver of gifts. Now, the scriptures describe the gifts that he gives us. And we can put them into perhaps two categories. Gifts of speaking and gifts of serving. Gifts of speaking have to do with the word. That word of truth that the Spirit uses to bring people to faith. We think of those gifts of teaching and preaching and encouraging and praying and singing. And so our pastors, our teachers, our Sunday school teachers, those who help with our children's ministry programs, our Bible study group leaders, people who pray for one another, people who just encourage one another with their words. Those are the ones who have that gift of speaking God's word. And then there are the gifts of serving. We might say those are maybe more of the manual type of gifts. People who organize projects and carry things out. People who maybe use their hands and do some of the, the hard work around there, setting things up, cleaning things, fixing things. And there are people who work to design things, put things together, all sorts of things. And then in our day and age, even those people who have that gift to use technology and keep it working for us, those are gifts of serving. Now despite the wide variety of gifts that there are, they all come from the same spirit. They're all meant to serve that same Lord. They have that same purpose, Paul tells us, to serve the common good. That is to serve God's people with God's word. Now, do you know what your gifts are? I don't think that it's too difficult for people to answer that question because I think they know what they're capable of doing and what they like to do, or they know what they're not capable of doing or what they don't like to do. So I think it's easy for us to identify what our gifts are 
But more so, the question is, do you use your gifts? Do you see the opportunities that God puts before you to put those things to work? Now consider this for a minute. Think back to some of the first cell phones. You know, the little flip phones. Pretty much all they did was make a phone call. Later on, other things were added. You can use it as a calculator. You can use it to text somebody, to do your email, to connect with the internet, to take pictures, to watch videos, all sorts of things now. That little device has become like a computer. But sometimes we don't know all that it can do. Just think of it. It's right there in your hand, right there, literally, at your fingertips. And if you didn't know how to use it, you're going to lose out on the benefits of that cell phone. Well, the same is true if we don't know what our gifts are, and if we don't see the opportunities that God puts before us to use those gifts. Not only are other people going to lose out in our serving of them, but we too will lose that, that joy and that sense of fulfillment in carrying out the purpose that God has given us that gift. So look at your life and see what your gifts are. And see the opportunities God puts before you to use them. You know, sometimes people say, I wish I could see God working in my life. Well, you can. Look at your gifts, use them, and then see how God will bless you and others with the gifts he has given you. Let's sing about that with our next hymn, which is number 566, We Are All One in Mission.
third scripture reading today is to go to Acts chapter 2, the very verses. Jesus' promise of sending the Holy Spirit was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, 22 through 24, 32 33, and 36 to 41, we hear about the Holy Spirit coming upon God's people to equip them with the word and gifts to proclaim salvation through Jesus and for the Holy Spirit to work faith in the hearts of those who hear the word. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were, eating, where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, and has poured out what you now see and hear. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you cru crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. I think that's one of the more exciting chapters in the scriptures. 
not just because of what happened 2,000 years ago, but because that same thing happens today. The Holy Spirit is working in God's people. The Holy Spirit is working through God's people to bring that word of truth to all people. Now, when we read that account, we hear about the tongues of fire, we hear about them speaking in different languages. We might think, well, okay, that was a special occasion back then. The Spirit doesn't work like that today. And then when we go on and read that list of people, maybe we get a little confused as we start stumbling over those unfamiliar names. And maybe because those words are hard to understand and we don't know exactly who those people were and where they were from, we maybe want to skip over But note the Holy Spirit did not skip recording those names. And I think there's two reasons for that. One, he wanted to show us that that word is meant for people of all over the world. And you see what happened. When they heard that word of truth, they came to believe. 3,000 people were converted to Christ that day. But I think there's another reason why he recorded that for us to read. So that we would see how it is he works. He worked through the message of the apostles. He works through the message that he gives us. Just as God used his people in the past, so he uses his people today, you and me, to spread that word of truth. Pentecost is often referred to as the day of birthday of the church. Now when we celebrate birthdays, it's a time for us to reflect on that person, not just when they were born, but to, to see how they've changed over the year, kind of look ahead and see what's coming up. And so that's true for us too, to recognize that we still carry out the same mission that God gave his people 2,000 years ago. And it's time for us to look forward to see what it is God would have us do. That same mission. We are just one of thousands of congregations that all believe the same thing and work together to spread God's word to every nation and to every neighbor. Looking at what was done in Acts 2, we can get a pattern for ourselves of what to do. At the end of Peter's speech, he said, This promise is for you and your children. And with that, he is reminding us of the importance of reaching out to children with the gospel. We do that with our various children ministry programs, with our grade school, with our high school, and the way we support missions that reach out to children. Also note how that work was carried out. The disciples started right there at home, in their own city, and then they reached out from there. That's exactly what we do also. We start at our own homes, and then in our community, and in our country. Together as a church body, we support over a hundred home missions, that is, congregations that have been started here in the United States. Then, like the apostles, we also reach out to people all over the world. Fortunately, we can do that right here in our own backyard as we have people who come to this area from many different countries. 
And so we try to reach out in different ways to these different cultures. But we also see the opportunity to reach out to people in their own homelands through our missionaries who are in, I believe, 23 different world countries. How do we do that? Through our offerings is one way. Did you know that we take about $100,000 from your offerings and send it off to Synod so that they can send missionaries out into the world? I know we've been focused on our remodeling project here because of the estate that was given us. But do you remember that when we first got that estate, we took $100,000 from it and we sent it off to five world missions because we recognized that is our prime purpose. Then we took some money and we updated our AVAS equipment. So now our message gets out, even right now, uh, to people all over the world. And we have people in different parts of the world who are listening to us. And we continue to work to support missionaries all throughout the world. And remember some of the projects we have done to, to help the orphanage in Haiti, for example. When we had our anniversary offering a year and a half ago, we took some of that money and sent it to India so they could put up a building just as we were thinking about remodeling ours, reflecting on the blessing that it brought us. That's our mission, to take God's word and to spread it to all nations. So, today is a birthday celebration, a time for us to see the blessings God has given us through this that word of truth that's given us faith. The gifts he has given us. That we are equipped to serve him. And finally those opportunities to spread God's word. That's the blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives today.